Hey, True Story listeners. We're glad to have you listening. And a special hello to those of you who have been waiting patiently for our guidelines on how to host your own True Story event. The guidelines have been posted, and we're nothing less than stoked about listening to your stories. And if anyone else wants to learn how to contribute, just go to truestorytime.org slash join. Right now, we're going to feature a story called The Buck from an event where the theme was the end of the beginning. It was our very first True Story party. So I'm from a really, really small town. Well, I'm from outside of a small town that's outside of a, like, moderately sized town. If you've ever heard of Kalamazoo, I live, like, kind of far from that in Michigan. (laughs) But, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything else to, like, give you an idea in your head where I'm from. The town was, like, kind of your normal little Midwestern town, like, a little hardware store, a grape juice factory, and that's about it. (laughs) I worked in the hardware store. And so I, uh, I lived like way out in the woods and we kind of lived off the land for most of our stuff, like a lot of hunting, fishing, little lake nearby, like big garden out front, a lot of blackberries and raspberries in the back, and then just like woods everywhere, little vineyard. And like the big thing in our town was deer hunting, but it was like a very kind of from a population management perspective, like we had a big problem they were, like, getting hit by cars all the time. Eating all the crops, like, diseases would pop up every decade or so, so you, like, really had to keep the populations down. So it was a big part of the town, and so I had, like, grown up my whole life kind of getting ready for that. Like, my grandpa was a big bow hunter. My uncle was a big bow hunter. My mom's side of the family was all Native American, and they were, like, way into bow hunting. Uh, like, <laughs> she was born on the reservation and somehow wound up in Detroit. And then <laughs> luckily moved over to outside of Kalamazoo. So we were kind of set up there in the woods. And uh, this was my first experience with deer hunting. I was 15 years old. And most people go with their fathers, but my dad wasn't too much into deer hunting. He was more of a fisherman and like a hiker. And so I wound up going out by myself. And I was like this little kind of frail 15-year-old kid. My little Remington 870 Express 20-gauge shotgun with like a short rifled barrel with old iron sights on it that I'd like zeroed in since I was, I don't know, like 12 years old. 4 a.m. my alarm goes off and I was awake the whole night. So I, I just shut it off and I was ready. And I, <laughs> I took a shower with scentless soap and I like got my camo out of a plastic bag. Like I had set it up in the woods about a week before. And then, like, put it in a plastic bag and put it out, like, next to my house. So just not to have bacon or whatever my mom was making at, like, 4 a.m. for me on it. And then I got all ready. She made me a little thermos of hot chocolate. (laughs) And and I, like, slung my, uh, I had a little stool and a gun. And then I had my little flashlight and then some camo. And it was, like, raining in the morning. It was November 15th. 2005, and I set out into the woods, and I knew the woods like the back of my hand, but I had never been in them at four in the morning alone, and I had a, uh, a stand uh, about half a mile out in the woods that I made myself, and just like a big blind, and I was all set up, and it was this like gorgeous place right where there's a little trail going down into this valley, like deep, deep in the woods, 
And I kind of checked the winds and knew that like the winds would be perfect for there. And I had all these lanes and I had been like researching the deer for like the whole, well, actually my whole life pretty much. I knew like what we had, like I knew like what bucks had been growing up around me. And you could tell by like the tree rubs, like how big they were, you know, how mature they were. And then from like tines that had been kind of shed off in the rut, like how aggressive they were. And tines are like, in your antlers, like individual spikes coming up and then you count those up and that's like how many points the buck is. So I knew that there was like one guy out there that was pretty big. Uh, I didn't know how big, but like pretty big, pretty mature. And I was like, well, I'll just get that one. Like I knew that one and maybe, maybe not, but like nothing else. And other than that, I'm just hanging out in the woods, which is my favorite thing to do anyway. So not bad. And I walked out and I was about five minutes into the walk and I was on this trail, kind of moonlight shining. It was like scattered rain and silver moonlight everywhere in between the clouds. And I just hear like <laughs> coming at me really, really fast. And deer are very large if you've ever been right up next to one. And they're very loud when they're running in an all-out sprint. And then I see just this silver fur flash in front of my flashlight. And I like had never been more shocked in my whole life. And it was this huge buck. And it was gone. And so like that was the very start of my day. This was at about 4.45 a.m. <laughs> with my little flashlight and I'm just shaking like okay like this is gonna be it's gonna be quite the day <laughs> and so I finally make it way out back to my blind I find it all right and I'm just sitting there and then you can hear like coyotes in the distance yapping over a fresh kill and then I hear again coming down the trail I'm sitting there no scent on me the wind's not up yet just no lights, nothing, a little bit of moonlight, and then it flashes by right next to me. And by this point, I'm just freaking out. So I'm totally alone. It's like pitch black and coyotes in the distance, like big bucks running around that just gore me. <laughs> so I'm sitting there for about two and a half hours at the base of this uh, white pine. And it's like the quietness right before the sun comes up. And... The sun came up and it was the first time in my life I'd ever experienced a forest awakening and coming to life. I'm sitting there and it's overlooking the edge of the deep woods and then there's this little meadow, just tall grass everywhere and then a little hill where I used to camp when I was a little kid and it's like a very special spot and the winds are perfect there and so I'm sitting there for about an hour and a half, two hours and I see this family of deer come up over the hill and there's a doe and two fawns. They uh went like right by me and then the mother looks up at me and stares me straight in the eye and just stomps and grunts because she sees this human and she's protecting her fawns and she's just stomping and grunting and stomping and grunting and I'm <laughs> up against the tree just staring her straight in the eye and like not wanting to break eye contact and freaking out a little bit but like just totally engrossed in the moment and eventually she draws her fawns even closer and they just walk off. Then I just hear a rustling in the deep woods and I see on the edge of this little hill right where the tall grass starts coming out of the woods these big set of antlers 
it's the buck. I just know it. I just know it. And I look and I'm just counting. And I'm like, one, like, how big is this guy? How old is this guy? And I go like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And the 10th was broken off in a fight. And he had this real kind of closed in rack. It was like a fist by far the dominant buck for years and like a real fighter, just beautiful, like most beautiful deer I've ever seen. And he comes up over the hill and I just know that like, you know, this is it, like this is right. And so I draw my gun, set the sights and it's just perfect where the tall grass comes up and I have the, uh, the buck call in my mouth. And so he gets right to the top of the hill where I always used to camp when I was a little kid. I blow the grunt and I grunt and he just stops and looks me right in the eye. I just get really calm. I just squeeze the trigger and it goes off. And I look up and there's nothing there. And I just pause for about a second, two seconds, and then I hear a grunt and a flop. In that moment, I wanted to like cry, I wanted to smile, I wanted to jump up and cheer, I wanted to just close in, and I just wound up being like, just sitting there, and I didn't move for about 45 minutes to an hour, I just sat up on that pine tree, and then I like stood up and like put down my gun and just walked over to it. I probably should have brought the gun with me, because if it was alive, then it would have gored me, but... I went over and it was dead and then I just sat down next to it and leaned on its back for about an hour and just soaked in the whole situation. You know, like I need one person and there's only one person who wasn't at work and so I ran back to my house and called my grandpa and he was like, absolutely, I'll be there right away. And so he drives out and we go walk back. He sees the deer and he just looks at me and gives me a big hug. I pull out my knife and I'm like, you know, are we going to do this? And he says, yeah, but it's just going to be you. And I'll just sit back and watch and make sure that you know what you're doing, but it's all going to be you. And so I opened it up and I can still like smell the smell to this day. It was just a blow of air in my face. And it was like this musk, just the muskiest musk that you've ever smelled <laughs> of this deer. And so I got in like totally clean it out. We're looking at each other and we're way out in the woods. It's me, like this little 15 year old, huge deer, and then my 80, 85 year old grandpa. Like, how are we gonna get this back to my house? And I just have, like, you know, a light bulb goes off in my head. I go, wait here, grandpa. Like, I'll be right back. And I'm running back, and we have this old, like, ride on lawnmower that's kind of broken down. <laughs> and a sled and a rope. And so I grabbed the lawnmower, blazing this trail on this little like rickety old lawnmower, like trying to get out to this deer, you know, make sure that we can get it back and hung up so coyotes won't get to it in the night and then get it processed so we don't waste anything and we'll be like really well fed for quite some time. And so I finally get back and I see my grandpa just standing there with the biggest smile on his face and we somehow managed to get the deer onto the sled. We finally get back to the house. By that time, my mom is home, and she's just standing there kind of amazed that I went out by myself and got this deer. 
my grandpa was just, you know, like so proud and had a lot to talk with me about on, you know, kind of how to process this whole situation. I went in, I grabbed my knife again, I cut out the tenderloin and that was to be the family dinner for the night. Then we had to get it up in the tree somehow. My mom takes a picture and it's like an iconic photo of our family. It's me like all in camo with my little like camo hat on, looking back, like shifting the little mini tractor and my grandpa just kind of standing there watching it. I'm doing a wheelie because the thing's not that heavy and the dude's very heavy. And I just got my feet on the gas. Like, you know, I, I hope that I can make this work. And we get it up there, take a deep breath. And by then my mom had called my dad, like they were divorced at the time. And he came over and we all sat down, family dinner like first dinner I'd had with both my mom and my dad since I was about four. And then my grandpa, and that was the last like moment that my grandpa and I really had as well because soon after his Alzheimer's really kicked in. And so that was like our last kind of pure moment, you know, with the whole family there. And we had morels that we just picked out back the week before, fresh venison tenderloin. They both hit their respective cast iron skillets and the house is just filled with the best fragrances that I could ever imagine. And we eat in our living room, looking out at the deer hanging in the tree. And that was that. You've been listening to True Story. Our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, take the hands that open up a life that's led is something gold I've been alone I've been so long